Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. Good morning. Asia-Pacific shares are starting the second quarter of the year off on a positive note. The Nikkei is up nearly 1%. Seoul is not far behind. And Sydney is trading up 0.2%. A slew of economic data is expected out across the region today, including the latest indication of how China's manufacturing sector is doing. Investors will also be taking a closer look at US President Joe Biden's new infrastructure plans. Joining me now to break down all the market action. Happy Thursday, Ryan Huang. Happy Thursday and, well, happy long weekend in advance. <laughs> yes, I know. A lot of people looking forward to that. Now, let's start this morning with the story of an IPO that has disappointed investors. It's a company I am willing to bet most of our listeners have used at least once over the past year, probably a lot more than that. I'm talking about Deliveroo. It made its debut on the London Stock Exchange yesterday and within minutes of the debut, Deliveroo's share price at about $7.20, Sing dollars, the approximate, dropped more than 30%. So Ryan, we rarely if ever hear of a major company doing so badly on its first day out. So what went wrong and why did European investors sour on Deliveroo? Yeah, Deliveroo did not deliver this time on day one. Mm. So you've got a couple of things in the mix and I think it's in short to describe it a confluence, a perfect storm of bad reasons or negative factors. So for one, you've got pretty much the global economy coming out of the worst of the COVID-19 situation. So those stay-at-home winners, that kind of fed, that type of frenzy over those stocks is already fading. So the momentum behind the likes of Deliveroo or any of the pandemic winners is starting to fade already. So that is not going well for the momentum, at least, or the appetite for stocks like Deliveroo. And on top of that, you have the gig economy business model under a lot of scrutiny right now for corporate governance issues. For example, how they pay their delivery riders. Uh, For many of these um, places, countries where they operate, they don't recognize them as employment or employees, which means the benefits they get, the pay they get is affected somewhat. And that has now come under greater scrutiny as we see more of these employees protesting. In fact, there is a protest coming up led by delivery riders. So that is putting a lot of attention on what this might mean for compliance costs or additional costs down the road if the regulators take the side of these contract workers, whether they should be awarded more pay or awarded more compensation or more worker rights. All that comes with costs. So that means these companies, and many of them are still loss-making, might mean will be having a tougher time getting profitable. So that is another headwind for the likes of these companies like Deliveroo, which of course is the latest to suffer the market reaction. So among the losers in this IPO are retail investors who were given the option to buy shares through Deliveroo's app. The retail investors only able to trade the stock from April 7th. Now, Deliveroo is not profitable yet, and some notable investors have also raised questions about Deliveroo's business model. Several large institutional investors, Aberdeen, BMO, Global Asset Management, they didn't participate in Deliveroo's IPO because of concerns about competition, regulation, and the way the company treats 
completes its delivery riders. So, you know, right, Deliveroo's IPO is supposed to be a triumph for London as the city makes a post-Brexit push to lure these tech IPOs away from New York. This must certainly be seen as a setback for the LSE. And where does it go from here? Yeah, not great news if you want to have Deliveroo as a poster boy for um, the London Stock Exchange. Um, a couple of things that didn't work out well. We've got the pricing first. Let's look at that. Deliveroo actually had to price its stock at 390 pence. That is the bottom end of its initial range. And that reflects the appetite and demand for Deliveroo stock. So in terms of valuations, anyone thinking about going to the stock, London Stock Exchange will look at this and think twice. Will I get the best valuations going to London. Mm. And that may be another reason for them to look elsewhere, like the US. And if you look at the wider climate, um, Deliveroo actually is the largest IPO in the UK um, this year since, or rather since September when we had THG listing for £1.88 billion. So that is now, in a way, becoming a big poster boy for failing to deliver. So you have... Now, the London Stock Exchange um, suffering a bit of a dent in terms of reputation when it comes to valuations or fetching valuations. Now, closer to home, investors have been keeping a close eye on Deliveroo's competitor, Grab, which is looking to go public. Grab has been exploring a $40 billion US dollar deal that could lead to a listing. So do you think, Ryan, Deliveroo's poor performance could affect Grab's plans? Probably not because Grab has options and they could go spec the spec way, but they could go spec in the US or even make, wait for what's happening back home. We mm. are in the, on the SGX exploring the possibility of going the spec way. Uh, there is now overnight a consultation paper being launched by the SGX. And this comes, interestingly, with tighter restrictions to kind of reduce the risks associated with the listing structure. So among the structural or measures in place will be a $300 million market value for those going the spec way. And you also have looking at some of the timeline to the spec. Typically in the US is around two years and the SGX is trying to make this three years so there isn't a rush and any compromise, so to speak, in terms of getting a deal done. So that could be interesting as well and maybe Grab could be enticed to wait out for this to be um, approved. So you do have options for Grab. And of course, they can go the IPO way, which is traditional listing way. And I think looking broadly, Grab does have plans and it is likely to commit to those plans for growth by fundraising. If Grab does go public through a merger with a special purpose acquisition company, this could value the company at 40 billion US dollars and would be the largest ever blank check deal. Now, we know the Singapore exchange is looking to bring blank check companies to Singapore. SGX has launched a consultation on special purpose acquisition companies in which it plans to address some of the risks associated with the sector. I want to turn now to broader markets where investors are likely to spend their days scouring through those details. 
details of U.S. President Joe Biden's proposal for a two trillion U.S. dollar investment in American infrastructure. Biden announced details of the proposal overnight. He said this is, quote, not a plan that tinkers around the edges. Now, if passed, the plan will aim to rebuild aging bridges, put in 5G networks, broadband networks, roads, uh, rail lines, ports, utilities, even has a focus on uh, clean water. Ryan, give us the highlights. And the key question at the heart of all this that Republicans are not likely to like the answer to is how does Biden plan to pay for this investment? Yeah, so you've got a big plan for spending and it is spanning across many areas in infrastructure, roads, highways, electric vehicle charges, replacing even lead pipes for drinking water systems, broadband service. So this is being seen as the biggest overhaul in infrastructure in 50 years since the highways were built during Dwight Eisenhower's term. So this is a major deal. It's a long-term plan. And this is going to take big money. And where's the money coming from? It's going to be coming from taxes. And this is with the tax rate being hiked from 21% to 28%. And this is actually also a rollback of what the Trump term or Trump administration did with the tax cuts. Mm. During his time, he cut it from 35 Mm -hmm. to where it is right now, 21. So in a way, it's normalizing or bringing it back to where it was pre-Trump. So you do have also measures to discourage companies from putting their profits offshore. So in a way, they are trying to get more money from taxes by getting them Coming back to the U.S., there's also a push for a global minimum tax rate of 21% for these global companies. So all in, taxes may be hard to digest for these corporates, but at the same time, they have to be, I guess, encouraged that there is going to be more business activity, more spending back home that will lift the wider economy. So they could benefit from that despite having to pay higher taxes. And talking about obstacles getting this passed, Mm -hmm. it is going to have to wind through Congress where it is quite a narrow split between the Democrats and the Republicans. And for various reasons, you do have opposition against the various policies. Some people don't like the tax hikes. Some people don't like the green plays because they are backers or supporters of the incumbents in the existing industries. And if you look at how this might play out, there is a possibility of what's called budget reconciliation where you just need a simple majority, just a very slight majority over the 50% is enough. So that could be one play that the Biden administration could do, but they haven't committed to what they will do in terms of an approach to getting it passed. And even within the Democrats, they also have to overcome some of the opposition um, with some of the policies. So that is, even though outlined with big bold plans, it now goes back to Congress where politicking is now the next stage. Yeah, a lot to unpack there. But as analysts break down Biden's proposals, investors are going to be looking for sectors for new investments. So what are some of these targeted sectors, do you think? Okay, what stands out for me is the fight for cli- against climate change. And this is with the green policies. And there you do have things like charging stations, things like incentives for the adoption of electric vehicles. And that was one reason why we saw the likes of EV plays like Nikola, the the truck maker, and also General Motors and Tesla, all rising briefly, at least overnight. So that was a big boost for the green sector. So that is going to be something to watch out for uh, when you are looking at 
the US building a national network of 500,000 electric vehicle chargers by 2030 and also replacing replacing a lot of the public transport vehicles which are running on diesel. So there is a big plan underway to address the green side of things. So that is a an obvious play at least. And of course, the infrastructure plays, the construction companies will be sectors to look out for. Those will be involved heavily with the roads and railways that will be needed to be replaced. And I think generally with the lift in the economy, the banks will also be in, in a good place to benefit from the rising economy and spending that will come along with the recovery of the U.S., so clean energy, transport and the uh, banking sectors, possible beneficiaries of Biden's new infrastructure plans. Now, in the U.S. market overnight, tech shares rallied, performing much better than other sectors. The Nasdaq closed up one and a half percent, despite bond yields rising for the fourth time in five days. Now, recently rising yields have been bad news for tech share prices. So, Ryan, why do you think that wasn't the case overnight? What helped push tech shares higher? Yeah, so it does come off the back of a recent spate of uh, well, loss-making sessions for tech. So it is bouncing back from the recent weakness. You could see it as maybe buying on the dips. But the broader story, the narrative has been the sector rotation. But this sector rota- rotation is not going to be a straight line. It's going to be a zigzag journey where it's going to go up and down and Sometimes it won't be paying attention or reacting to bond yields and sometimes it does. But the wider narrative that most people are expecting is that tech is going to be under pressure when bond yields go up. And when you look at the action or the events that are going to come in the coming quarters, you do have many reasons for bond yields to go up higher. Inflation expectations are ticking up. We've got more stimulus. So that is likely to see the sector rotation story continue to play out in the coming quarters. So tech maybe could be just bouncing back for now Mm. and we'll have to see how this plays out in the days ahead. Yep. Even though the Nasdaq outperformed other blue chips overnight, certainly wasn't the case for the month of March. If we take a step back, last month, the Dow beat the Nasdaq by the widest margin since 2002. Time now for corporate news. And for that, it's time for a game of up or down. We'll keep the focus on tech companies today. I'm going to name a tech firm that is in the news. Ryan tells us whether he thinks it is moving up or down. Are you ready? Let's go. Apple? I think Apple's an up for me because they are in the news for building a battery-based renewable energy storage facility. So this is actually going to be alongside an existing solar energy installation. So the thing is, with these green renewable plants, they have a bit of challenge when it comes to, especially solar, when it comes to dark hours at night. You can't generate energy at night. But with the battery-based system, you can now store energy that you created during the other parts of the day Mm -hmm. to help you run during the night hours. So that could be a bit of a trendsetter or at least a game-changer that other companies might learn from. And this could set a trend for the green sector to have more of such facilities. I say up for Apple as well because it is also investing 15 million US dollars in a music distribution platform called United Masters that will put data in terms of how we interact with artists' music uh, in the hands of artists themselves. And United Masters is trying to undercut mainstream record labels. So very interesting development there. Next up, Microsoft. 
Well, Microsoft is an up for me, and that is because HoloLens, the augmented reality headgear they have, mm. is involved in a major contract with the US Army. And this is worth $22 billion over the next decade. So all in, they'll be making use of HoloLens to make the lives of soldiers safer and more effective. I want a HoloLens, for sure. Think about that for my stocking stuffer, all right? How are you going to make use of HoloLens? Well, the army is using it to minimize their risks and boost their sense of awareness, right? We could all use lessons like that. <laughs> Next up, Huawei. Right, Huawei, well, I'm going to go down for, with Huawei. Uh, even though they have posted a record profit, but they are looking at revenue grow, growth slowing down quite a bit. And this is on top of the ongoing US-China tensions that are playing out. That could see it suffering if the the um, tech proxy wars continue to play out because right now Huawei phones can't use Google so Google services. So that is something that is really hitting its business. So it is a down for me for Huawei even though net profit rose 3.2% to around $10 billion last year. All right. Well, I say up because despite US sanctions, Huawei is still reporting a rise in sales, not as big as in previous years, but still a gain in my books. Now, yesterday on the program, we asked whether the Straits Times Index was ready to surpass the 3200 mark. Well, it did. Barely. It rose as far as 3200.49, but it couldn't hold on to those gains. The Straits Times Index finished lower, breaking a six-day winning streak. It closed down 0.8% at 3165. March still a good month, though. The STI choking up. 5.5% again for the third month of the year, and it is up more than 11% since January. So, right, how is trade looking this morning, and how is April kicking off? Yeah, like you pointed out, it did break a six-day winning streak yesterday, and right now we are back up again. It's now at around 3,182. So that is a jump of 0.5% yesterday. And looking at some of the movers, Quick snapshot of the STI, all of them are in the green, or at least nobody's in the red. Some of them are flat, six of them are flat, the rest of them are green. And right at the top is City Dev, that is up by 1.8%. Uh, Thai Bev is interesting, it's up by 1.4%. And this is even though it was the biggest loser in March, and right now it is continuing to gain. And for context though, uh, Thai Bev is up quite strongly for the quarter. Looking at Thai Bev, we are looking at it um, quite uh, in the green by around 20%. So that is continuing to show some strength in Thai Bev's stock price. So all in, we are looking at maybe a bit of a Biden boost for Asian markets. All right. Well, thank you very much. We'll keep an eye on that boost right here on Your Money. I'm Michelle Martin and he's Ryan Huang. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.